This is the author. 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 Penguin Random House Audio presents. This is the author. This is the author. This is the author. Writing a book is hard. Narrating your audio book is, well, we'll let the author tell you about it. Today in the studio. Hi, my name is Erwin Raphael McManus. I live here in Los Angeles, California. And I'm the lead pastor of a community of faith called Mosaic. I just wrote a book called The Last Arrow. And The Last Arrow is really about living a life without regret. I began to ask the question, what is it about people that oftentimes confuses quitting with failing? It's that so many times in life we, we lower our expectations. And so in some ways the subtext title for me is that we should never settle, that we should always expect a life that's bigger than the one we have. We should always believe that we can be more than we are, that our life can be more impactful than it is, that the world can be better than it is. And so I wanted to make sure that there was a process in this book that a person, when they read it, could actually be able to live their life at their highest capacity, to not look back on their life with regret and know that they didn't leave it all on the field. I wrote my book because I've been alive now almost 60 years, and I've seen so many of my friends who had big dreams, live very small lives. And I began to just really have a sense of responsibility and to help people know that there are certain attributes or certain characteristics, certain virtues, certain structures in a person's life that actually accomplishes what they set out to accomplish. I was inspired by the scriptures. There was a story with Elisha, with a king, and he told the king to shoot an arrow through a window, and they told him to strike the arrow. And then the king struck the arrow three times, and then he stopped. And I was struck by the fact that Elisha became angry and asked him, why did you stop striking the arrow? He said, if you had struck the arrow five or six times, you would have had complete victory. But now you'll only have a partial victory. And at first, I was a little frustrated going, well, Elisha, why didn't you tell him that before he started striking? How could the king possibly know that he should strike the arrow five or six times rather than three? And then the thought occurred to me. So oftentimes, we live our lives paralyzed, saying, God, what do you want me to do? We look for permission to start, but we rarely look for permission to stop. We just stop. We just quit. So oftentimes, we become apathetic rather than proactive. And I'm so convinced that God wants us to give everything we have, everything we are. And so I was asking the question, how many times in my life have I struck the arrow two or three times when God just wanted me to keep striking and striking and striking and not give up? so that he could do a great thing in my life. I love narrating the book. It's never an easy process. It's always a difficult process because anything that matters, anything that is both technical and artistic, takes all of who you are. And so it requires an attention to detail to read every word the way you wrote it. And for me as a writer, and I write every single word in my books, I'm not just an author, I'm a writer. The writing process matters. The order of the words matter. The way the sentences are structured matter to me. So I wanted to respect the words. And so it's very technical, but it's also artistic because you want to bring your essence. You don't want to just read the words. You want to bring the intent and emotion behind the words. So this was why for me, reading my own books is important to me because I want to bring what I was feeling when I wrote those words to the reading of those words. There are so many words and phrases that are difficult for me to pronounce. And I mean, I love words. Words for me are, are a significant part of my art form. 
the meaning of words, the sound of words, and how they're placed, the order of words. But frankly, there are some words that are surprisingly difficult for me. Spanish was my first language. I learned English after Spanish. And so sometimes I'll look at a word, and it's a simple word, like S-A-I-D, like the word said, and I'll forget what it sounds like in English. And one of the most ironic words I cannot pronounce, and I'm going to try really hard to say it right, is pastor. I'm a pastor, and I can't say the stupid word. My wife's always correcting me. So there are words like that that are just so difficult. Sometimes you get the really big word, like you'll work really hard at saying Nebuchadnezzar, and then the next thing you can't say the word spoke (laughs) because you're focusing so hard on the word that's challenging. But I love pronouncing the Hebrew names. If I get them wrong, that's okay. I just say them wrong with confidence. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe what I'm proudest of in this audiobook is that the material matters so much to me that I wanted to bring texture and feeling and emotion to the words. And, And I feel like I've done that. I didn't just read it. I tried to live it and experience it and share my heart and my soul with you. That's what I'm most proud of. I think some of the things I'm most proud of are the people who gave me their stories. Every single story in my book is about someone who I'm connected to in some way. I think there's only one story where I don't know the person personally. I'm really proud of the people who opened up their lives and allowed me to share a bit of their story to amplify and to illustrate the principles that we're diving into. Is there anything specific that I'm excited for the listener to hear? I really love the ending. I rewrote the ending. The beginning for me is also very personal. I wrote this book in the middle of having cancer, not knowing whether it would be the last book I would ever write. It's called The Last Arrow. It literally could have been my last arrow. I would love for the hearer to listen to the stories in the light of that reality because I wrote about having cancer in the book without knowing I had cancer. If sharing your deepest self is a gift, and I feel like I put a gift in the middle of this book. Who is my dream narrator? The first person that came to my mind was Idris Elba, a dream narrator. He was the uh, lead actor in the TV series Luther from the BBC. You know, he's maybe my favorite actor. I love his voice. I love the texture of his voice. I love how he just exudes so much emotion with so little effort. I also really love Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy would be, like, for me, a dream narrator. I don't know anyone who can just, mm, just grunt, and then you, you get the meaning of an entire conversation. I think that Tom Hardy could probably grunt my book. <laughs> I have no memory of anyone ever reading to me as a kid. And usually, if you're a good reader, it's because people read to you. Reading for me was contraband. The kid that lived behind us brought a Robert Heinlein book when I was like eight or nine years old. And other people, I guess, were sneaking pornography. I was sneaking Robert Heinlein. I was reading everything Robert Heinlein ever wrote. And then I found from him Ray Bradbury and Andre Norton and Isaac Asanoff. And they taught me to love reading, expand my imagination to dream and to create universes Even when you are alone in the world, you can have an endless number of imaginary friends that will travel with you and understand you and go with you anywhere you want. 
I think the more personal your book is, the more you should narrate your book. I think if your books carry a huge part of your soul, a huge part of yourself, then you should find a way, if you can, to make that a gift. Or find someone who you feel carries the essence and the texture of your soul. Because if you're not a great reader and that isn't really your forte and you don't feel comfortable doing that, you want to make sure someone reads you that understands you. And so they're translating not just your words, but your essence. I would encourage people to at least try. This is not easy. This is hard work. I have a headache. I feel exhausted. I feel like I've gone through psychological abuse. (laughs) uh, But it's worth it. When I read the last line, is it wrong to say I felt inspired by my own book? (laughs) You know, it's funny because I'm a part of TED, so I listen to all the TED Talks. And so listening has been a huge part of the way that I grow and that I learn and that I experience things. And so even though I cannot think of a specific audio book that I could even like recommend in terms of an experience that you should have, what I would say is that sometimes you read a book for information, but sometimes you're reading a book for essence. And if you're reading a book that you really want to make a part of your soul, you should actually allow that voice into your system. One of the things I've studied over the years is how voices actually shape our essence. And in many ways, your inner voice is the sum total of all the voices you've allowed into your soul. I would encourage you to take the books that you want to profoundly affect who you are, not what you know, but who you are, and listen to them on audiobook so that that voice can become a part of your voice. You'll add that to the cacophony of voices that inspire you and shape you and move you forward. Tune in next time to hear what happens when another author is in the studio. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.